to introduce this podcast, can you make our voices sound really, really, really deep, like radio voices, like like announcer voices, yeah, or really, could, really high, like babies? We could do any of that. Um, also, like a good radio tip as they get really close, really close. It just gets more like the low end. Okay, hello everybody, and welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast. No, 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 no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the BuildWit Internal Podcast. BuildWit Internal Podcast. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Aaron Witt, joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Thank you for having me here, Aaron. <laughs> That's so stupid. I am so sorry, everybody. I've been locked in a room for two days. We take this very seriously. Oh, God. I finally got out of that conference room. Yeah, that's... It's when I when I saw y'all in there, I both like was like a little uh, envious because it's like you know I, I always want to just know what all that that information is. I just find those conversations really fascinating, the mm-hmm. high level conversations like that. But also, um, not envious at all because that's a lot of time in one room with the same people. It's so <laughs> I need a nap after. So I, I love spending time with everybody. Oh yeah. I love the conversations we have. I, I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm not built to be in the same room sitting for more than an hour. Mm-hmm. I go nuts. I can't do it. It's just not, I've never been able to do it. And it's still a terrible problem. And I run every day. I'm getting my wiggles out. I promise I'm wearing myself out, but I'm still, having to go absolutely bananas after an hour of sitting. Do you think you have that same feeling um, during like the uh, build it team meetings where we're all kind of all together? I mean, there seems to be more topics during that. It's, it's just all but the it's time. it's still kind of it's all the time. a lot. That's where I'm just thankful. I'm thankful I don't have a boss, a direct sure. report. I mean, I, I, I report to the company, Yeah, report to everybody, but I don't have somebody that's going to chew my ass if I'm not paying attention to a meeting. So, I mean, I try to, I, tr- I really try to pay attention, but it is a huge, it is a huge burden after a certain period of time. So just to know that, oh, thank God, my boss, Chris, he's not going to chew my ass. That's, that's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I thought that was interesting, actually, how you, you're like, you don't have a, a person you report to. It's like you report to the company. I think that's like an interesting, um, example of like accountability because I guess it's true you don't report to anybody but you're you're accountable to a shitload of people yeah well yeah it's like um yeah the whole the whole misconception of oh yeah you can start a company and be your own boss not how it works I'm now I like everybody's my boss here I have 70 something people I report to that's how I that's how I genuinely see it like my I think it was the summer. My dad asked me, it was just, it, it came back to, he basically was like, it's your company. You can do whatever you want to do. And I had to very quickly correct him and say, that's actually not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Legally speaking at that point in time, not anymore. Mm-hmm. That, at that point in time, I wholly owned the company and could legally do whatever the hell I pleased. But, for what we're trying to build, that is not at all how it works. Not even mm-hmm. slightly. So, well, I, and I've never once believed it's that way. And I do my absolute best to never take advantage of it because I know that it's not just my thing. It's 
BuildWit. It's our mission, mm-hmm. which is far greater than me. And I report to not only everybody here, but also the dirt world. <laughs> That's That was what I was going to follow up with is if you're in any sort of client services work, like if you say, well, I'm going to be my own boss. So I'm going to start my own company. And a lot of people who do that sort of thing, they start getting clients who they like do some sort of service for. Well, guess how many bosses they have, however many clients they can get. Yeah. And all those, but all their bosses need different things and they don't give a shit about each other. Mm -hmm. So any sort of that like freedom you think you get out of being that, you just tie it up somewhere else. Yeah. Don't buy into the hype. (laughs) There's no, there's no benefits to being your own boss. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. (laughs) Way overrated. Yeah. (laughs) That trick. I mean, I love it very much. For sure. But it is, uh, it's a consuming endeavor. Well, even as your your own boss, I guess, if you want to think of it that way, there's also, um, you you also have really need the people here at this company for- Desperately. To, to take build it wherever we want it to go. I was thinking about it the other day. Like, how worthless would I be just doing it, doing this on my own? I, it's not even it's not even worth entertaining. It's so ridiculous to even think that like it's 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 that whole imposter syndrome kicks in and you start to with all these great people around, you start to think, shit, like am I even am I even valuable around here anymore? Because <laughs> it seems like everything's been taken care of. And yeah. I, I I don't know if I have a role here. <laughs> uh, I'm very intimately familiar with imposter syndrome. Um but I will say, I mean, I think even from the very, very like beginning of BuildWit, when you started like having Dan work on some things, when it went from Aaron's taking pictures of some sites and they're starting to pay him for it, and they ask him, you know, they say, "Hey, can you do websites?" And you're like, "No, but I can find somebody who might be able to start that." Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was already the beginning of well, I can't do it, do this anymore. <laughs> like right away, yeah. I you didn't get very far. You can't scale own. by yourself. Like eventually it just becomes either diminishing returns or like it just stops. Like well, but the, stops. the good news is for everybody's sake, I we didn't create this one product or do this one thing in which I was the foremost expert at it and by far the best at it. And then we're just scaling that. Um, it's It's a lot more complex than that. And I'm not really an expert at anything we do in this business. At all. And so I I have no choice but to depend on other people. Yeah. Or else there would just be nothing. It wouldn't even be me, the lone genius that created the vacuum cleaner, Mr. James Dyson, mm-hmm. and that we're scaling the vacuum cleaner, whatever it is. And that's a terrible example. I don't know why I thought of him first, but that's not really how he works. But um, there's a lot of companies which I've worked for one or some in which... It's the guy, and I say the guy, just general yeah. term. It's the guy uh, who comes up with something, builds this business based on his capabilities, his ideas, his whatever it is, scales it, scales it, scales it, scales it, scales it, depends on a lot of people, but ultimately the world still revolves around that guy. Even these, a lot of these big construction companies operate that way, where it still is operating, revolving around a guy. Um, and that's, I just don't think a sustainable model long-term. Was, was that an issue with, um, Reed? Yeah. And, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's, you can go create this amazingly successful business that makes tons of money, 
But yeah, when the guy goes away, everything unravels. Mm -hmm. And so Rogers Group, they they got kicked right in the pants when they bought Reed Contracting. They lost 150 people. That's 25% of their workforce. Just just because Mike Reed was kind of holding that thing together way more than they expected or assumed. Yeah. And who knows what the cultural problems they've faced sure. look like because that was, that guy was the Messiah. He was the glue that held that whole thing together. And they made the mistake of coming in there and just treating it like they were buying a balance sheet and backlog. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they wanted to come in and say, hey, y'all just keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. But we'll just provide support. You're buying human beings. Yeah. <laughs> and human beings don't work that way. Mm-hmm. And so it was just this, and it's just amazing watching these big companies make such an enormous miscalculation and totally underappreciate the human component to a an acquisition. And that's why a majority of acquisitions don't work. Mm-hmm. Like a vast majority of M&A activity is, to, is totally fails. Totally fails. Because you're missing the cultural component. They're treating it. They're buying a balance sheet. They're bringing in all these cons- consultants and, oh, you know, uh, buying intellectual property and and property and, and, and other assets and whatever it is, backlog. Mm-hmm. But they forget about the human component. And that's what keeps it all together. That's super tricky. I was, this is reminding me of a conversation I had yesterday talking about uh, Jonathan Campbell and his, his role in kind of our, the way we're building the next phase of the team. Sure. Um, I feel like he's in a, a really fascinating place as an investor because I think the the typical like investor like you know who comes in pre Series A who's like kind of the the first like big influx in order to you know build a product or whatever that is whatever the version of that is um, they say you know I'm I'm giving this this investment from financial standpoint. And then I can also be some sort of strategic investor. That's the thing they give. And the thing that they're looking, the thing that they'll get out of it is when there's a, a financial, uh, you know, sale of the company or whatever it is, and they get their money back plus the, uh, you know, the revenue that came from that, the profit. But what, where Jonathan is and just kind of the, the way that that's happening, he's also in addition to like, you know, if, the a build with sale happens down the line. We've talked about that a lot. Um, he also, he's got a lot of people working in the dirt world in his other businesses that will get real value out of what he's investing in. It's not like he just gets the money back and then things went great and he gets to go invest somewhere else. Well, and that's, that's the purpose of the investment. The purpose mm-hmm. of the investment is to help his business and his customers. Help really his customers, which then helps his business. Sure, he's a businessman. And so if he's making an investment, it needs to check out financially yeah. because it's not, he's not running a charity. Well, that's an investment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a businessman and business is about money. And money is what makes this whole thing go around. And so it's not that we're above money. Oh, money doesn't matter. No, it very much matters. And I will go to my grave saying that. Probably. I've learned. I'm we'll see. Speaking in absolutes here. Um, uh, but yeah, but that's the point is we need to help our customers build with is... Uh, they've created a brand that really resonates with our customers and they're solving the biggest problem our customers have, mm-hmm. which is this whole people thing. That's something I need to get behind. So, and and it might be a surprise to some people in the organization, but there are some moves that we make that are thought out and are purposeful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, every once in a while, Dan and I, we, we're, we're the blind squirrels to find a nut. You know, every once in a while, we find ourselves a nut. And, uh, and that was definitely one of them. Sure, there was substantial luck there, but 
we 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 we'd known about Jonathan for a while now, and and based on his history in the marketplace, the company's leading, his his views on the world, it was I was pretty damn confident that this is someone that is definitely uh, going to add significant value to our business, yeah. far beyond just capital. Yeah, that's pre- that's pretty neat because like I'm comparing him and and people in his types of position and you know for what he saw in the business and why he wanted to invest. I compare that to, um, or maybe I say I contrast that to, say like uh, LeBron James, who you know he he's invested in like uh, it's like a pizza shop or pizza chain or whatever. He's not investing in that so that he can feed the the families of the people who work for the Lakers. It's not like he there's a a broader like higher purpose to that in the same way that I feel like what we're doing here at BuildWit. And you know how that can serve the dirt world. That also happens to serve um, the people that work, you know, for Jonathan through Jonathan. So to me, like that's just a really fascinating uh, like position to be in for him, but also for us that you know as we continue to bring on other investors, and that's you know how a big part of how we'll continue to grow our business. Um, there's always going to be a higher purpose, or it feels like there's always going to be a higher purpose to the people who invest because there's, well, there, it's not going to be a, just a cash play. There is a higher purpose, but it also is just, it's just a smart business play. Sure. So, okay, sure. He's he's sitting on a very valuable business. That's not going anywhere anytime soon, mm-hmm. but he's smart enough to see that if his customers don't figure out this people problem and they have no answers to that people problem, they all go away. Yeah. And if they go away, his business, no matter how successful it's been in the past, no matter how many assets they have, no matter what it is, his business goes away. And so it's just, it, it is that that higher purpose, making the dirt world a better place, but it's also just smart business. Yeah, It's just it's just business. And so if you can do, do good and make money, that's the conscious capitalism. That's the perfect marriage of the two. That's, that's how people are really motivated. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're not going... We're not increasing green energy in the United States because it's the right thing to do. Absolutely not in the slightest. It is because it makes financial sense to do so thanks to enormous government subsidies. Yeah. If I can get more value off on, on out of my land by erecting windmills, I'm going to do that. That just makes sense. Like I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to post a, a video today about Carolina wrecking. And it's this isn't to sound too capital capitalistic, but that's how it works. Is there's they salvage everything they they demolish, so all the steel gets sorted out, all the junk goes to landfill. It's a small percentage. All the concrete, asphalt, brick is reused for aggregate or whatever it is. They do that because it makes financial sense. Mm-hmm. Does the environment benefit? Absolutely, it does. But Heath isn't. We need to pick all the steel out of this building because it's going to save the planet. No, it just helps their business operate more effectively. Yeah. That's how that, but that's the perfect alignment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you can, if you can support your community, you know, and, and employ all these people and do good in the world, and then also, uh, you know, help the environment make money, that's that's where you need to be. That makes me think of uh, something Jimmy Starbuck was talking about a couple of weeks ago on the Dirt Talk podcast, where, you know, it's it's true that he's like they're they want to go out and dig a hole, and then. You know, they're taking the dirt and like you could always look at the, and nobody in the business thinks of it this way, but like, I think if you look, zoom really, really far out, it's like they could say, yeah, we'll, we'll just get the dirt out of there for you. No problem. It's like, yeah, because they can go sell the dirt somewhere else. That's it. 
And it's well, like, sure, that works out, but it's also, they can make a lot of money doing it too. It's like, well, we, we have a really cool mission. We're making a lot of impact in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the uh, dirt world. But say I, I, I said, you know what, guys, we're doing so much good in the world and we're making all of you feel so good that I just, uh, I expect all of you to just volunteer your time. We don't need to pay you. <laughs> Why are we paying you guys? That's insane. We you should want to do this. You should want to do this. This is we are we're making a huge impact in the world. We're 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 saving the day. We're ensuring infrastructure is going to be more than successful for our great country well into the future. That's one hell of a mission. That's something to be a part of. You should want to be. We don't need to pay you. <laughs> How many people would stick around, Alex? Uh, I'd probably find another job. I, you would probably, rightly so. That's you fair. would probably find another job. So it would just be me sitting in the corner by myself before they evict me out of this place because <laughs> yeah. I can't make I can't make the rent payment. Before they strip all the TVs <laughs> off the wall, everything is like going to sell all of it. <laughs> yeah. So so yes, our mission is very valuable. Yes, it's 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 the higher purpose. Yes, it's the why, but also you need a business to 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 work alongside. You need the the capitalism part of it or mm-hmm. else it doesn't it doesn't really work. Yeah. And you have all these nonprofits out there that are getting all of this money donated to them in the construction industry that are creating zero impact. Zero impact. None. That's not that that doesn't exist. It's that it's just not always the best way to do it. Oh, let's get a bunch of donations together. And then what? I don't know. Because you're not incentivized to really go outside of the box. You're not incentivized to build what we're building. Well, yeah, I, I th- a conversation that um, I think you, I won't even, I guess I don't want a conversation, but we had a call where you and Dan were, were talking about sort of the next phase of build with moving out of um, just having the, the services part of our business into the software and whatever else. And it was always, we know we want to have a huge impact and we weren't always sure what it was going to be. And so like, to me, like that's, that's, that is fully in line with the, like what you're saying, the conscious capitalism is like, yeah, we've got a mission and that's great, but we'd also want to be a profitable business. And so as we've moved into the, the software thing, it's like, yeah, you know what making a major, major impact in, ind- in an industry is, is having that higher purpose, but also like being pretty financially successful. You gotta sure. kind of be both those things to have any power. And then the more financial success you see, the more impact you can go create. It's all this virtuous cycle. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how it works. Well, it's and, amazing. And you talk a lot about um, you know, further financial success for BuildWit means more opportunities for the, the people on our team. Exactly. Like that that actively buys those opportunities. Exactly. Yeah, the more profit we can make, the more fun we can have, yeah. the more we can do for our people, the more opportunities we opportunities we can create. Google, they receive it's millions of applications per year. And uh it's a, so it's a very sought after place to work. And sure. they have lots of perks and they take amazing care of their people. Why is that? It's because they have a ridiculous profit margin so that they can pour all of this money into their people. Okay, that's why they do it, which then makes their business better, which then makes them more profit, <laughs> which then pleases their shareholders. So then they can do even more good things for their people. Yep. It's amazing. And it was, I, was, I was reading comparison between Google, which is essentially a total monopoly. They don't bill it as such. It's a monopoly. Yeah. Versus the airline industry. The airline industry kind of sucks to work for because- they make no profit, none. Virtually none. Mm-hmm. Google's just a much better business. And because of that, it's much sought after to work for. Because 
They spend so much more money on their people because they have the money to spend on their people in the first place. And that's where the construction industry is right now. Randy Blunt talks about it. This is construction industry, very thin margins, very thin margins. We need the construction industry to be operating more effectively, to make more money, to be more profitable so that they can put more money into their people because there's a total underinvestment in human beings in the industry right now. And that's one of the core problems of the workforce problem at, the, at this moment. Because me, as a 20-something, I can go work for a big four accounting firm. I can go work for a technology company that gives me all these perks, that gives me all this time off, that spends all this money on me and gives me opportunities to go develop myself and all kinds of things. Or I can go to a construction company. I can make good money. I can make an impact in the world. Maybe. I, I'm aware Maybe. of that. Yeah. Maybe. If they're actually explaining it as such, which mm-hmm. most people aren't. But I'm not going to necessarily, at face value, on paper, have even close to the opportunities that I'm going to have elsewhere. Okay. So that the math checks out there as far as why we can't attract the people we, we need to attract because other industries are just spending a lot more because they can spend a lot more because mm-hmm. they're, they're more profitable. They're just better businesses. Can I follow up? Um, when you're talking about, and like you said, Randy talks about this a lot too. Um, can you give a, a little background to what the general consensus is on why uh, construction companies have to operate at such a thin margin? Well, it's just a race to the bottom. You're bidding against everybody all the time, so you're awarded the work based on who gets the lowest, who gives the lowest number. Okay, I mean, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's the only industry in which you have to price. You 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 afford. I make a new car. I build the car. I figure out what it costs me to make. I mark it up accordingly to give myself the profit margin. Construction doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. It's here's a set of plans. Put a price on it. Something that doesn't even exist yet. So it's here. Here's the the Ford engineers come out with the set of blueprints. Okay, this is what I need you to figure out what we're going to sell this thing for. Well, it's not built yet. Yeah, yeah. But we just need a price on it now. They give the price. They're just locked in. Then they go build it and they figure out, holy shit, this thing's going to actually cost us a lot more money than we thought. Sorry, you're screwed. And is that where um, you like hope and pray there's there's change orders in place where it's just like, sorry, sucks. That could be part of your model or yeah, you're just shit out of luck. Yeah. I mean, some of the biggest contractors in the United States, they make two to 3%, two to 3% margin. That's not very much money for how many billions of dollars they do. Well, I mean, if you think, you know, if you want to go into a business, there aren't many industries where you'd say, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to make two to 3% margins. Like, why would I start that business? You're almost better off just not doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude. And that's simplifying. They still, I mean, that two to three percent is an enormous amount of money. Yes. And there's different ways you can leverage capital to so it doesn't sound that great. And it isn't that great. You can play the numbers a little bit to make it better, but uh that's where the industry's at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for digging in for that a little bit. Sure. Um, we got a question. All right. Question from Jay Collip. Buildwit team member, formerly uh was he ever Jay was never a client of BuildWit. We always we, we built with a him. we built a website for him. Okay, so yeah, we, that's well, what we, I thought. We just kind of did it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even. There might have been money exchanged. Maybe might have not. I don't know. I, I went to visit him in Wisconsin, took some pictures, put a website together. 
help them out a little bit. Maybe sure. it, shoot, it must have been like two, two and a half years ago. It was it was a while back. Yeah. No, I remember his name's kind of been uh, around the company for a while. So it's, it's fun that he's now officially part of the crew, which is cool. Um, all right. So a question from Jay. He says, I've been listening to past internal podcasts. I just listened to one where it was mentioned to find people that have been affected by BuildWit and changed their lives. Have you ever started to do this? I think it would be highly beneficial. This is where we need to do this on the podcast. I want to have these people on the podcast and we need to start going after these people. And if someone sends a note and we need to reach out to them, would you mind coming on the podcast for 10 minutes and just talking about this? Just hear hear the kind of their testimony of what they got out of it. And this is the, I was talking to Scholar about this. There's there's a lot of room to run where where we're at the Dirt Talk podcast. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, Okay, build with podcast. Yeah, that's exciting. And there's a lot of potential there, but there's still so much potential with Dirt Talk, so much potential with internal podcast. Let's make sure we hammer on that first. Yeah. Before we go anywhere else. And that's one of those huge opportunities we haven't even touched is maybe every Dirt Talk episode, we briefly, five minutes talking to someone on, hey, can you just, you wrote in, can you just talk about what you're doing, how build what came into the mix, something like that. Yeah. That would go so much that it would just make our mission more real. It's very real. And I see it every day, which is super cool and why I'm super fulfilled in what I do. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that communication is only becoming more and more valuable. And we could be changing all these lives. But if people don't know about it, they don't know about it. Yeah. So I think that's a fantastic point. And I think that's something we need to focus on in the very near future. I think what's both kind of exciting and daunting about that is um, really identifying those people. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of people who, you know, have gotten a lot of value thus far from, uh, you know, just kind of the impact we're trying to make in the industry. Um, but who are maybe not, I don't know. I just, I can see how some folks just because of the way the construction industry is, would probably be less likely to want to come talk about it on a podcast. Yeah, but it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you start with the people that are willing because they've sent in letters mm-hmm. or they've sent me long messages on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Start with those people and and ask for maybe some listener mail. You know, we don't do that on the podcast. We could ask for a listener mail. Yeah. Hey, send it into here or send it into Alex at buildit.com mm-hmm. or dirt talk at build.com. Yeah. We so we we have more than enough, we have more than enough to start. We start putting it out there, and people will be like, "Oh, we'll naturally this attract." To me too. We'll naturally attract more and more yeah. because we can talk about, "Hey, how talking about these stories? It's so important. We're so thankful for it because this is how we're inspiring the next generation." There's someone listening right now that's not in the dirt world. Hopefully, they're hearing what you're saying and they're thinking, "Wow, I should be in the dirt world," or "I want to be. I want to. I want to do that as a career when I grow up." Or, "Man, these people are right. My job sucks. I hate finance. I'm going to work in the dirt world." And based on somebody else's experience that they're talking about on the podcast, that sounds like that could apply to me and I should do those same things. Um, that's, that's certainly like a, a thing that I've, I've noticed through a lot of the, the emails we get for dirt talk is, you know, we, we've certainly had plenty of um, people who have started really small contractors or just, you know, doing some local excavation or whatever. But like, I get so many emails about, you know, that was really encouraging because I'm doing the same thing right now. And it was just good to hear that my the things I'm struggling with are what a lot of other people are dealing with too. Right. And they, maybe they don't even need to come on the podcast. Maybe we just read what they write. Yeah. 
That could be cool. Cool. You know, we can read all these letters that we get. Yeah. There's some really cool ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Jay, that's a fantastic question. Fantastic note. Uh, we will be working on it shortly yeah, because I think great. that's that's huge as our as our team grows to just keep reminding our team in the dirt world that wow, we're really making a difference here. Yeah, because we are. We're, we're really making a difference. It's not bullshit I, because I see it every day. So I can clearly state that it is not nonsense whatsoever. But if everybody doesn't see that regularly, like I do. They're probably sitting there like, wow, yeah, make their world a better place. That sounds cool, but it doesn't actually mean as much as it should. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Jay, for sending that in. That was great. Um, great thing to discuss. If anybody listening has anything to discuss whatsoever, um, confidential, not confidential, yeah. send it to alexabilbit.com. Please. We're, we're happy to hear from any, like, just, just, just please. We just want to hear from anybody at this point. Yeah. I mean, I beg you. We've talked. Damn it! (laughs) Send in things. We've talked a little bit about how you know, with all this hiring, uh, that a lot of stuff's going on, Um, and so I I certainly can understand if people are like, "I'm just trying to figure out what my job is," before I ask more questions about the company or whatever. But to me, like, also, I think that means there's going to be a lot of information that falls through the cracks because we're trying our best to onboard people in a really, really effective way. But we're we're still new at you know how what this process is, how we're doing it. And so if there's anything that you, you feel like, oh man, I really had this question. I forgot to ask it during onboarding. And now we're kind of just, now I'm in my job. And I really wish I'd a- asked it early. Like yeah. this is a phenomenal place to do that. It doesn't need to be something all that groundbreaking. Mm-mm. It could be like, um, could we have this kind of beer in the fridge from now on? Do it. Done. We will Approved. Do it. We will do it. Not, don't ask beer questions though. Not only There's beer no questions. stupid questions, but that's a stupid question. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. If you have anything, send it to alexbill.com and we will see you on the next episode. Stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.